Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. Welcome, good people of the world, to episode 130 of Luke's English Podcast. This one is called A Cup of Tea with Sebastian Marks. And in this one, I invited my American friend Sebastian into the apartment to share a cup of tea and some lovely chocolate brownies while we discuss various things. Sebastian was born in New York and he went to Boston University. He's a stand-up comedian in Paris and he regularly performs both in English and in French. You can visit his website by going to my website, or just directly to his website, which is www.sebmarks.com. You can visit my website in order to find that website. It's just too confusing. It's like Inception for websites. I don't know. In this episode, as I said, I invited Sebastian. We talk about lots of things, and we answer various questions which were uh, suggested by listeners to this podcast on the Facebook page. And we talk about... Um, diverse things such as his experiences of growing up in New York, um, going to university in Boston, leaving America, how he learned a second language to a very high level, French in this case. His answers to questions about accents from the USA, the differences between America and Europe, and also more serious things like gun control, um, American military policy and uh, the amazing sport of disc golf, which is something I'd never heard of before. All of it is contained in this uh, rather long episode of Luke's English Podcast, so I hope you enjoy listening to it, and it's about to start now. 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 So, hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very pleased to announce that uh, for the first time, on Luke's English podcast, I have an actual American man, an, an American person, in front of me. I kidnapped him. I didn't really, but I kidnapped him and I've held him hostage. And I'm, I'm giving him cakes and tea. Um, the cakes probably are okay, but is tea normal for you, uh, Sebastian? Yes, yes, we are aware of that. We, we like drinking tea in the States as You well. do? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, people say that tea is a very, you know, a very English thing, don't they? But... Um, and, and coffee is like associated with America, but uh, is it really? Well, yeah, you know, I thought coffee was associated with Italy and France, and well, yeah, uh, yeah, it is too, yeah, <laughs> definitely. But certainly, Starbucks, I guess, gives that reputation all yeah. over the world uh, that American Americans drink uh, watered down coffee. Yeah, americano. Yeah, exactly. That's what they call it. Yeah. Do you call it americano? You don't. Call no, it we call it coffee. Okay. <laughs> if you so, order, if you order coffee. In the States, you get a big mug of coffee. Okay. Yeah. And, and is that maybe in a diner? Yeah, it could be in a diner. Served by a sort of uh, uh, a, a slightly bored, uh, overworked, middle-aged waitress? Yes. Can be either Jewish or Greek, often. Yeah. 
Yeah. Often. Yeah. And you have to tip, don't you? You have to tip a lot. Do you do you tip? Uh, tip. Uh, do I tip when I'm in the states? I have to. Yeah. Yeah, because if you don't tip, the manager comes running at you. Really? Uh, and well, if you don't tip at all, the manager can come out and ask you, well, was there a problem with the service? Mm-hmm. And you have to justify why you didn't give any tip because the the waiters or waitresses over there um, they uh, make their living off of uh, tips. Right. Okay. So. Uh, so it's essential. It's essential. Okay. Which which at the end of the day really helps the managers because they just get away with not having to pay or mm. pay very little their waitstaff, okay. and so the salary of the waitstaff falls on the customer. Okay. Right. So if there are any listeners out there who are going to America or maybe living in America right now and if you don't tip you should be ashamed of yourself ashamed of yourself because these waitresses and waiters waiters there are waiters as well yeah, in the United they, States they they need your tips so yeah. just remember that is that rule number 1 if you go to America yes rule i think yeah rule number 1 yeah obviously it's rule maybe rule number 1 is like you know get get your passport uh, yeah, well, get your passport, get a visa. But I think the United States requires visas for pretty much every really? country. Yeah. It's difficult to get in. They're, they're a pain in the butt. They're a real... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to entering into that country, I don't know. Okay. Uh, it's, it's not easy. All right, but you, you actually... Managed, how are they about leaving the country? Cause, I mean, oh, they love you... it when people leave the country. Yeah, oh, really? they're, they're thrilled about that. So, yeah. uh, no, it's only about getting in. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, here I am with uh, Sebastian Marx, who is, as, I've, as you've ov- obviously already worked out, is American. Yes, I am. Um, and uh, so it's, you know, it's great because you're the first American person I've had on the podcast. I feel honoured. You are. You should be honoured. I think I might give you some sort of award. For well, I, I'm already, I think brownies is a, is a very good reward already. And yeah. tea. Tea and I'm more of a tea person, by the are. way. I'm a more of a tea person. Okay, yeah. so, you know, the, 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 if there's a cliche about Americans drinking coffee all the time, it's not necessarily true. No, they, they do in detective movies. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's obligatory. If you're a cop or a, or yeah. a cop, a cop. Then, yeah. you, then you have to drink Donuts coffee. and coffee. Donuts and coffee. Yeah. Does that help, do you think, does that help detectives to solve, solve crimes? crimes? Yeah. It helps them to solve crimes and not be able to run after the, the victim as he's running away or the... the yeah, suspect. That's why they have guns, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's why. That's exactly why they have guns. They don't need to run. Yeah, they can just shoot. They can just shoot, and they they can eat as many donuts as they like. Exactly. Okay. It's a free country. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they need to defend their freedom to eat donuts. Okay, this is the beauty of. of oh. Well, we'll come back to the gun question later <laughs> on. I think, Sebastian. Yeah. Um, um, so, um, as I have, I expect, already said in the introduction, what we're going to do is just uh, find out some stuff from Sebastian about America and uh, America and the differences between America and Europe and Britain. Some things about accents as well. Other questions which I have uh, received via Facebook. So, some of you listening to this, you sent your questions to me on Facebook today. So, I'm going to be asking Sebastian some of those questions later on. But first of all, let's just um, get to know you a little bit uh, then, Sebastian. So, um, so you're American. We've established that. Yes. You're definitely American. Definitely. Where exactly in the United States do you come from? I grew up in the suburbs of New York City, about a half hour north of Manhattan. Half an hour north of Manhattan. Yes, in a place in a county called Westchester. Westchester. Okay, yes. yeah. I've heard about Westchester. Yes, and what did you hear about it? Well, I, what I've heard about it, uh, all I know about it is that there's a song called Westchester Lady. 
which you probably don't know. No. And it's by a jazz pianist called uh, Bob James. I don't know Bob, either. Bob James did the music to the TV show Taxi. I know Taxi. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Westchester Lady is a sort of a piece of jazz funk music. And it's weird that I don't know him because I do listen to jazz and I do listen to jazz funk, but I don't know uh, Bob James, you said? Bob James. Don't know Bob James. You've got you to check him out. It's quite, it's a little bit cheesy. Uh-huh. But it's good, especially the rhythm section. Made in the 70s? Yeah. Yeah. It's all proper New York, I guess, New York, early 1970s or mid-1970s, genuine article, jazz funk. Mm-hmm. It's classic kind stuff. Kind of fusion. Yeah. Yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah. Me too. Unfortunately, my girlfriend doesn't like it at all. Mm-hmm. So there's only, I've been very limited on, on how long, you know, like there's certain hours of the day that I'm allowed to... Yeah. To play that music. Okay. Headphones. Yeah. Headphones is okay. the way to go. Yeah, me too. I'm, yeah. I'm always rocking the headphones. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're from Westchester. What's yes. West... Uh, that's very close to Manhattan, half an hour away. Yeah, well, it's uh, north of Manhattan. You have the Bronx, mm-hmm. which is part of New York City. Yeah. And then you have Westchester, which is the suburb. So it's, you know, it's a pretty cliche American suburb with lots of nice houses and a garden and... Yeah. The, cliche white picket fence and stuff like so it's it's that's it's pretty close to that cliche so uh it's great to a great place to grow up uh if you're a kid when you become a teenager you want to kill yourself really yeah oh it's boring it's very boring yeah but you're so close to new york that's the thing yeah you i mean every everything why it's boring is because everything is centered in new york yeah uh you know so you kind of have to go into the city for most things. Well, not movies, of course. Movies you got everywhere. But, yeah, I mean, most cultural things you go into. So, I mean, I'm not going to complain. It was great. Yeah. Because, I mean, we would, you know, I, every weekend with my parents growing up, we would go to wonderful museums in New York. And so, no, I feel very lucky. Yeah. Uh, besides wanting to kill myself <laughs> for a five-year period. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. It was, it was a very... Uh, I feel very lucky to have grown up in the greater New York area. Yeah, yeah, it it would be amazing. Um, I think probably, as you said, wanting to kill yourself uh, is a kind of a teenage thing, perhaps. I think anywhere. I think it's a universal teenage thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you live in the heart of New York or the heart of many places or the, the... head of many places the left foot of many places I yes. don't know the <laughs> it's not because new york is not the capital it's as you say it's like the left foot so washington is the right foot. oh no no new york no. is definitely the heart new york is uh uh no but i was saying like someone who might want to kill themselves if they're in nebraska which would be the equivalent of okay. the le- left foot okay. uh but no new york is not the capital of the united states washington dc is the capital of the united states but New York feels like the capital it's of like the, something. I don't know what, but it's, it's maybe the, one of the cultural capitals. Perhaps. Yeah. Well, it's definitely the cultural and economic capital yeah. of the states. With Wall Street and exactly. so on. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, so you, you grew up in in New York, mm-hmm. but I understand that you have lived in Boston. Yes, I went to school in Boston. I went oh. to. College, what they call college in yeah. the in the states, which is uh, university. What, you went to Harvard. Oh, no, unfortunately not, or fortunately not. Uh, I, I went to Boston University, which is actually right across the river, uh, the Charles River, yeah. from MIT and Harvard, which is actually Harvard and MIT are technically in the city of Cambridge, yeah. which is, there's a Cambridge in Massachusetts as well. It's confusing. Yeah, Cam- I know. Cause, okay, because Cambridge, obviously Cambridge in England 
is a very famous place for its university University. there. But there's also another Cambridge in America. Which is famous for its universities. Okay. But there isn't... Uh, there is a university called Cambridge University in the United States. Thank goodness for that. That yeah. would be really confusing. Really confusing. All right. So the city of Boston has pretty much, I mean, there are two kind of halves. One is Boston proper. The other is Cambridge, which is right across the river, mm-hmm. which is pretty much the same city. Technically another city. But in Cambridge, it's a little bit more residential than Boston is. There is Harvard and there is um, MIT is, is over there as well. Okay. Sorry, I'm just eating a strawberry. Um, my, again, my girlfriend, because she's really nice and lovely, she provided us with not only homemade, homemade. kind of brownies, brownie cakes. Delicious. What, what nuts is in this? There's almonds. Mm. So these brownie cakes are obviously just like brownies but with almonds inside oh. them. And also we have a plate of strawberries because it's a, it's a nice warm day here. <clears throat> and so strawberries can be the perfect snack. Wonderful snack. Nice fresh strawberries. To counterbalance this um, brownie. Yeah, the unhealthiness the, of yeah. a brownie is balanced by uh, the healthiness and sweetness and lightness of a, of a, of a strawberry. Yeah. And we also, of course, have cups of tea. Green tea. Yeah, and as I've said before on the podcast, it's it's obviously very rude to speak with your mouth full, but we like to break the rules here at Luke's English Podcast. Thankfully. So, thankfully, yeah. So that includes speaking with your mouth full, and it also includes slurping your tea. Do you, do you slurp your tea? <laughs> I do, I do. Okay. I'm a fan of slurping. Can I, can I slurp? Yeah, go ahead. Should we, should we... Cheers. Cheers. Mmm. Mmm. Obviously, it's very rude to slurp your tea, and we're only doing it... Even in the United States. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, Pierre, yes, last time we, we, we started talking about slurping tea, and uh, he mentioned Iran for some reason. I don't know why. He seemed to think that uh, in Iran people didn't... The people did slurp their tea, and it was, it was polite. It was but polite. Okay. It's, he's wrong. I did get... A, I, I got an email <laughs> uh, saying that, no, in Iran it's very rude if, okay. you, if you slurp your tea. So um, there we go. Anyway, we've talked enough about slurping tea. So uh, grew up in New York, university in Boston, but not yes. Harvard. Um, not Harvard. The, but it's a university called Boston University, okay. which is actually very big. It's a very big university. What did you study? I studied film. Oh, really? Well, I went to the College of Communications, then I majored in film, and I minored in history. Film and, and a bit of history as yes. well. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so did you do like a dissertation or a... a I did a final film, yeah. Oh, oh sorry, you majored in, in uh, making films or studying films? Both, yeah. but uh, making films as well, and that was my final dissertation, well, project, let's say, was, was a final film. And uh, so right after I left uh, university, I had uh, lots of knowledge of how to be a waiter. It, was, uh, <laughs> it, it helped a lot for that. Because it doesn't necessarily prepare you yeah, for... For a, much else. So yeah, you, and even, even the world of filmmaking. It's, well, because it's a, it's a creative, it's an artistic field, so hmm. there's only so much you can yeah. learn. But anyway. yeah, yeah. It sounds a lot like my degree. Which is? Except that I didn't learn actually how to do anything. I just learned how to read about things and, you know, I did a critical, um, theoretical, cultural theoretical degree. It sounds much more complicated than it actually is. I did uh, media and cultural studies Uh in Liverpool, in the the north of England, famous, of course, for the Beatles and uh, football, and that's it. That's it. (laughs) Uh, No, it's it's a fantastic place, of course. Um, But, yeah, I did media and cultural studies. We studied lots of movies 
I wrote um, long essays about Clint Eastwood uh-huh. and, and Batman. Yeah. And uh, the modern hero, or what? A- yeah, the sort of uh, postmodern detective. Ah. Kind it's of Dirty Harry. Dirty thing? Harry. Gotcha. I'm a big fan of Clint Eastwood films. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, so uh, you studied film, I, yes. I see. So are you a filmmaker now? Uh, I, I am working on uh, a web series right now, uh-huh. uh, but I don't consider myself so much a filmmaker uh, because I'm not really doing that right now. I'm focusing much more on uh, stage stuff, performances yes. and stuff like that. Okay. Um, in fact, that brings us quite neatly to uh, the fact that, uh, well, now here in, in France, in Paris, uh, Sebastian is um, a stand-up comedy performer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you, in fact, you, uh, you're kind of one of, the, one of the main comedy performers uh, in English here in, in Paris. Yeah, I started a night, um, a night of, of English stand-up comedy. Uh, when there wasn't anything, pretty much, uh, mm. going on mm. in English stand-up comedy in, in France. Was it difficult? It was very difficult. Um, for In bo- both sides of the, of the stage, if I can say, meaning finding the audience and finding the comics. Yeah. So the first couple of times when I did the show, which was the idea was to have a, what they call a showcase, meaning several different comedians... Uh, because I didn't have anybody that mm. I knew who was able to be funny in English, mm. I was pretty much doing my one-man show. I mean, yeah. that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. And then slowly started to have um, started with French comics who were interested in performing in English. Yeah. And then slowly but surely, I got some English native English-speaking comics, yeah, yeah. Uh, like like you, yeah. uh, performing more and more so it, it took a while because yeah as I said it's been I don't know almost three years now that it's been, the, the scene is developing it's um, developing and it's been developing mostly within the last year okay well it's good it's, it's very promising um, so uh, briefly let's just talk about the shows that you do yeah um, Sebastian is responsible for three shows here in Paris. Mm-hmm. I think you have your one-man show. Yeah, called uh, A New Yorker in Paris. A New Yorker in Paris. It's very funny, and it's okay, uh, full you. of interesting cultural uh, points, mm-hmm. uh, and um, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, also, you do that show in French. Yeah, I, I actually, I did it up until last Tuesday. I decided to take a little break on my French show, um, and to put it aside to kind of, because I, I've had uh, many projects so I've kind of said okay I need to take a, a break on some things mm-hmm. to focus more creatively on other ones yeah but yeah I, I was performing in French uh, my full one-man show as well wow so you, you speak you must speak very good French decent enough yeah. uh, I speak French well enough to be funny yeah in it but I'm not sure if it's they're laughing in where they're supposed to laugh or where the, the joke is or they're, if they're laughing at my accent. You mean you're not sure if they're laughing with you or, or if they're at, laughing at, at me? At exactly. you. No, yeah. Well, most of the time they're laughing with me. Yeah. But, uh, but it's true that uh, uh, being funny in a foreign language is, is hard, is very hard. Yeah, because I, I imagine that uh, being funny is like uh, what you achieve at the very end, and, yeah, like it's the last thing you're able to do. Exactly. You know, first of all, you're just able to like order a coffee, yeah. and then it gets a bit more complicated. You can do a presentation or get involved in a meeting, and then at the absolute peak, you are able to do a one-man show for an hour 
in front of an audience of uh, French people in French. Yeah. In this case, it's French, but it, it could equally be in English if you if English is not your first language. So, but yeah, it's it's the one of the last things because not only you need to speak the language very well, and you need to be comfortable in the language that you can kind of improvise. Uh, a little bit. Mm. Also, you need to have the cultural references, the slang words. You know, there's there's a lot in humor, yeah. uh, and so if you don't have all that, it's 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 hard. And so yeah, it's still hard. You know, I, I even though I've had some success with it, and and you know, I've done my French bits on French television. Yeah, uh, it's still. I definitely feel it's. Uh, I'm not where I would like to be. Uh, because of the language barrier. I think it's very difficult to get to the sort of bilingual uh, stage if you didn't start when you were a kid. Yeah, if you didn't grow up with it, I think it's very difficult. Yeah. But but do you have any tips for learning a, a second language? Uh, I think immersing yourself. Yeah. It, kind in- of in the language. I mean, of course, if you can uh, live in the country where they speak the language, of course, that's ideal. Yeah. That's really that's the best way because... More or less, unless you're you're kind of in a relationship with someone who speaks your native tongue, you're forced to mm. speak the language. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. If you're working, if you're working, for example, uh, you know you you have to understand what the person is saying and you have to respond. Mm. So immersing yourself is the best way. Essentially, I think what this means is that uh, uh, we have to push ourselves or we have to throw ourselves into situations where we will struggle to survive as it were and then in that struggling that's where the learning takes place so we need to be challenged don't we forced almost i mean i don't know but i don't know if this is a this is a personal thing because i know that like if i have the escape route where i know i know that the person speaks english and i'm frustrated i'm going to go back to speaking english but if i know that the person in front of me doesn't understand English, which was the case. Mm. I was forced to express myself in French, whether mm. it be, even if it was awkward. Yeah. But after a while, by the end of the day, there was eight hours of the day where I was only communicating in this other language. So unfortunately, I had to force myself and and mm. you know kind of put myself in a corner where yeah. I could only survive by speaking that language. So. I think it's uh, a, a lot of it is about comfort zone. Yeah. So uh, in, if you're in your comfort zone, if you're comfortable, you, you know, the learning isn't really going to happen. You'll be comfortable, it'll be very nice, but you're not necessarily going to really learn. So we need to try and push ourselves out of our comfort zones in order to give ourselves a chance to really let learning happen. So when it comes to like learning English, people listening to this, just keep that in mind, I suppose. Like uh, when you're watching a DVD in English, comfort zone. Have you got your subtitles on? Maybe turn them off. Yeah. Because... Um, or, wa- or watch with Amer- uh, English subtitles. Yeah. Help. Well, well oh. people say that. Yeah, that, that, I think that's definitely a good idea. Watch an English language film with English language subtitles. But then when you get so used to that, yeah. the next step, the next is, step is, to is to switch off the subtitles. Yeah. And see and, how much... But it's amazing how much more your ears start to open mm. once you don't have that crutch yeah, 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 yeah. Of, of, the, uh, of the subtitles. Yeah. And, and, and I realize that in French. When, uh, when you put yourself in a situation, whether it be, yeah, it can be a passive situation where you're watching a film, but you're forced to follow the story, it's amazing how much you'll be surprised that, that you, you understand. Yeah. Uh, you'll surprise yeah. yourself, I think. Yeah. Okay. Once your ears 
adapt. Yeah, well, I have to take on that advice as well. Because <laughs> now I'm learning a second language. I'm, you know, it's difficult. It's early days. But it's it's a very difficult language. French. Yeah. yeah tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's been nine years now that I'm here. And yeah. uh, nine I, years now. Nine years, and I still make mistakes all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. And I still have a very strong, and it's very frustrating because. I can say two words and a French person knows already that I, I'm not French. Mm. Okay. Bonjour, they're like, ah, oh, hi, you know. Yeah. Mm. I find that when, um, when I start speaking French to people, they just start speaking English to me. Because yeah. they're like, oh, clearly, you can't speak <laughs> our language. Yeah. I'll speak English to you. <laughs> and and maybe, they, maybe they want to practice their English with me. They're like, ah, an English person, yeah. let me speak English to him. Um, but I, I can't help but sometimes get offended. Um, well, I didn't at first, but now after nine years, I'm like, oh, you know, I do speak French. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so you're like, just speak French to me, <laughs> for God's sake. Yeah. Um, Especially also because their English is not necessarily spe- spectacular either, you know, but they want to speak English. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. They, maybe they, they would like a little mini English lesson. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, you've been living in Paris for nine years. Yeah. So you're an American, you're a New Yorker in Paris. That's the name of your show. Yeah. So what brought you here to Paris then? What brought you here? Well, actually, I, was, uh, I wasn't in Paris. I didn't live in Paris at first. Mm-hmm. I was in the south of France for a while. Yeah. And uh, now it's been about four years that I've been in Paris. And so I came up to Paris. I was in Toulouse for a while. Down came, south. Yeah, down southwest, the southwest of France. Mm-hmm. I came up to Paris to... Kind of, uh, well, France is very centered in Paris. Everything's based in Yeah, in lots of the jobs are here. Lots of the, kind of the, the entertainment industry is here. It's very, mm-hmm. it's very centered. Mm-hmm. So uh, being someone who majored in film and all that stuff, I um, realized that Paris is kind of the future. And, and I wanted to start performing again because I did perform uh, comedy when I was in New York and Boston. And I, I kind of... Uh, the, Missed the stage. Yeah. So, so but um, but why did you leave America? Why did you leave your home country? My home country. Um, well, because I was with a French girl. Ah. Yeah. Well, love. Uh, well, there we go. Okay. And so, um, but all, you know, that was part of it. But I also, you know, I uh, had recently graduated from college, and I wanted to see. I wanted to travel mm-hmm. as well. So there were different reasons. Yeah. Uh, love being one of them also adventure wanting to you know i had no idea how long i would stay yeah. i you know i didn't know and so you know here i am nine years later went by pretty quickly yeah the time flies yeah. when you're having fun yeah <laughs> um okay so um so what's it like being an american in france how is it being an american in france generally generally it's fine yeah i mean the French and Americans have a love-hate relationship. Yeah. You, what, know. Um, you love them and they hate you? <laughs> <laughs> both mutually, we both love and hate yes. uh, both uh, uh, each other because for different reasons. We, we get very pissed off about each other, you know, and get yeah. annoyed by each other. Yeah. Uh, Can you tell us some of those things? Like, what, 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 uh, what do the Americans get annoyed with the French about? Uh, uh, the fact that they are well, it's funny because both have the impression that the other's arrogant. Right. So the Americans have the impression that the French are arrogant, 
that the French uh, are pretentious and um, rude. So yeah. these are these are the big cliches, uh, yeah. and that um, that the French kind of could try to uh, counteract the Americans often uh, criticize. Yeah, and um, which on the other hand, lots of Americans are here because of that. Because also lots of American citizens are very critical of the American government as well. And so coming to France, there's this kind of haven of people who are not necessarily gung-ho for everything that America yeah, stands for yeah, yeah. and yeah, uh, yeah. Can, can put the American uh, way of life and, 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 and government into question. You know, necessarily being against, but just yeah. asking more questions. So I... I I tend to find that Americans who have come here to France to live tend to be more open-minded, perhaps, or they have more perspective on America than... uh... Well, I think, I don't know if it's specifically to France. I think just leaving the United States automatically gives you more perspective. You know, it's very easy living in the United States to feel that the United States is the world. Yeah. Uh, because it is a microcosm of the world. There are people from all over the world in the United States more than in any other country in mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. And it's a very big country, and you kind of have everything represented there. You've got, like, two sides. you got two sides. You've got ocean the middle. Yeah, sides. <laughs> yeah and, and you got all different landscapes. And as I said, all different uh, countries are represented there. And uh, so, it's, you know, and there's a television that's very, you know, uh, American television, very identifiable. And so it's very easy to forget that there's a world outside. Yeah. And so, you know, whether you come to France or any other country, I think right away you get another perspective. Yeah. And it helps you give us perspective on the United States. Yeah. Um, so I think naturally someone who lives abroad has that perspective that someone living in the United States who never traveled will mm. probably not have. That's one of the big criticisms that people have of America is that they don't know anything about the rest of the world. Yeah. But I guess when you leave, then you you know, you know get a lot more perspective on things. Um, the thing about the States is, is it's everything. It's, it's, a, it's a country of extremes. You have the most ignorant people as, as you, you can have the most cultured people. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and New York is totally different from Kansas. You know, it's, it's, yeah. you've got everything. Yeah. Yeah. Before you came to Europe, what did you expect Europe as a whole to be like? Um, hmm. Sorry, have you have you visited uh, many other countries in in I, Europe? I had been before coming to France. I well, I, I had been to Spain yeah. and uh, England and Portugal. Okay, and and since have you have you travelled around? Yeah, since since I've well you know since now it's been nine years I've been in France. Yeah, now I've been to Italy, Germany. Uh, well, Belgium, the Netherlands, but still mostly Western Europe. Been to now the UK? Uh, not since I've been to France. You haven't been to the UK? Not since I I, I went to London. Uh, oh no, no, so that's not true. No, I, I have been to the UK. I went actually two summers ago. We yeah. actually drove across the UK to go to Ireland. All oh, right, so you were just passing through. Just passing through. <laughs> I, I saw Stonehenge for uh, ten minutes. It's not very. Yeah. Disappointed. Well, you mean you stopped and you looked at it? I looked at it. Foot? Yeah. I, there's a gate. There's like this kind of fence around. Yeah. So I didn't go because I think you have to pay. I'm, yeah, yeah. You have to so pay to get in. And, I didn't pay. Uh, I saw it from the outside and that was fine. To be honest, Stonehenge is, is a bit disappointing, but it's not because of the, the, the site. or It's not because of the, the monument itself. It's not a monument. I mean, it's not because of the structure, the thing mm-hmm. itself. I mean, we don't really know what it is. No, we don't. In fact, 
uh, it's not the stones that are disappointing. It's just the way that the location is presented, in fact, because uh, it's, a, it's a deeply significant site in terms of ancient uh, history of the area. And uh, um, what you have now is a motorway, uh, yeah, a, road a road that road. runs right past yeah. it. And uh, so that doesn't help. Back it, in the I didn't re- expect it there. I, like it could have just been a, a gas station, but no, it was a Stonehenge. Yeah, okay. yeah. it should. Um, I think originally Stonehenge was at the end of a long uh, path, and it was kind of at the top of a, a small hill. Mm-hmm. And so, to get to Stonehenge, you would have to walk quite a long way across a lot of open land. Um, with a with a, a rising kind of gradient, yeah. so you'd be sort of walking uphill, yeah. and you would see Stonehenge in the distance. Okay. And then when you get to Stonehenge, this is sort of five thousand years ago, when you got to Stonehenge, it was much much more impressive because of the surrounding area yeah. and the context. Now it's not the same because there's this big motorway that goes oh. right past it. So unfortunately, it's a, it's spoiled. It's sure. I mean, it's true that if. I had to get to Stonehenge by walking a little bit. It, w- it definitely would have had a different effect. Yeah, I don't know if that's just because you would be relieved yeah. that you finally, <laughs> finally got there. Oh, God, finally here. <laughs> Not that it's that impressive. It's just like, oh, we don't have to walk, walk anymore. anymore yeah. um, okay. I would love to hear what you think about um, other other countries. I mean, because um, we can't just talk about France. I have yeah. listeners from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And in fact, um, on Facebook, some of them have sent me questions. So the first question I have is from Jairo. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure where Jairo is from, actually. Um, but uh, what he said is, if you had the chance to go back in time mm-hmm. for 24 hours, yeah. so just for one day, where and when would you go? So you've got huh. a time machine. You yeah. can use it for 24 hours. Where are you going to go? When are you going to go to? I think I, uh, ancient Greece. Yes? Yeah. Why is that? Because I think they really had another way of thinking. I think it would be really interesting to know what humans were like before the dawn of our modern religions. I think it would be very... I think the, they must have thought very differently. And I yeah. think um, it, would have be, it would be very interesting to spend 24 hours and would, I think, really open up my mind into seeing how humans were. Yeah. Um, because I think we, we chose a different path since then, and, and I think it would be interesting to see really how they thought. And yeah, when I imagine ancient Greece, I imagine sort of guys sort of lounging around with tablets. Yes. You know, but, the, but it's not like sort of tablet computers like we have now. No. They had the original tablets. The original, yeah. Just stone tablets. Yeah. Can you imagine that any time you wanted to write something down, you had to engrave Chisel, it? Chisel, yeah. Uh, and especially with the well later with the numbers with the Ro- yeah another I mean either ancient Greece or ancient Rome, um, uh, but yeah that that with the numbers and the Roman numerals how if you wanted to you know represent the 1943 you would have to have like many characters yeah. <laughs> okay you'd have to learn a new alphabet yeah pretty much a new alphabet yeah. yeah okay right so you go to ancient greece right yes right awesome brilliant all right um so uh okay the next question is from christopher mm-hmm. and christopher says what accent do you prefer sebastian do you prefer uh the british accent uh an american accent or an accent from another country so what's your favorite accent cool. uh I don't know if I have a favorite accent. Um, I mean, there are accents I find funny. Mm-hmm. That for comedic potential as a, as a comedian, 
uh, works very well. I think a German speaking English for some reason is very funny. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if it's thanks to Mel Brooks films yeah. uh, or what, but th there's something funny I think about it, a German speaking English. Really? Because I've got a lot of Germans who are listening to this and they're uh -oh. thinking, "Oh, is my English funny?" Uh, they, they, they might be uh, worried. Offended? About I, ju I just offended them all. You just offended the whole nation of, of Germany. <laughs> of Germany. <laughs> uh, no, I, I and what I I, I like the. Um, Uh, Indian accent uh, when yeah. the Indians uh, speak English I find it's uh, I don't know there, there's a ring to it uh, that I appreciate yeah. um, but going, going back to yeah. going back to the German thing again yeah. um, I have to make up for it now yeah, yeah uh -huh. you do but I think um, there is some, I, th I think the thing about uh, German accent that makes it funny is uh, as you said like some movies yeah. and, and stuff and some comedy movies yeah. have presented some Germans in it as a as sort of comedy characters yeah. with, the, with the with the voice and so on um, but um, uh, okay and and you find Indian uh, the Indian accent to be pleasant yes, and charming I, I mean I love the British accent as well well, well of course I, uh, <laughs> Irish accent. I feel the Irish can say anything, and it's adorable. It's like they can curse, they can they can say terrible news, but it's it's yeah. it's charming. Um, Hiroshi from Japan mm -hmm. is a regular uh, contributor to the Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Hiroshi says um, he's got rather a serious question for you, mm -hmm. Sebastian. He, and he said, "How do you? What do you think about the ban the gun movement in America?" Um, and he adds. Um, I can't believe they're allowed to keep the gun. I can't believe they're allowed to keep guns. guns yeah. I'm strongly against it. Mm -hmm. That's what he says. Yeah. Uh, why don't they ban guns with a strong decision like the, like the decision to begin a war? Whoa, it's a controversial question from Hiroshi. Yes, um, well, I mean, I uh, agree with him, uh, generally speaking, that there should definitely, definitely be more gun control mm. in the United States. Why? I don't know. This is a very complicated question. I don't know uh, if we really know why uh, Americans love guns. But, uh, you know, they, we do love guns. I mean, yeah. we, in speaking very generally of the American people, I think, it was, well, it's written in the Constitution that it's a right. It's one of the first uh, uh, bills of the Constitution. I don't know which number. Uh, I don't know either. Uh, I should know this, but didn't memorize the whole constitution. Uh -huh. So I think because it's like top five, they, they think that it's uh, necessary to hold on to, which of course is a big mistake in the sense that uh, guns, when the constitution was written, Uh, was a very different beast. You know, a gun, you had to shoot to shoot one bullet, it took you five minutes to clean, yeah. clean out your... They didn't have AK-47s no, or, exactly. or uh, M-16s back in those days. Yeah, so, so definitely a, a different kind of uh, thing they were dealing with yeah. uh, 200, what, 30 years ago. Mm. Uh, why? I, I think it's fear. I really think it's fear. I think that there is a, a big fear that it's a vicious circle in, in a sense it's a vicious circle of fear in the sense that you know that someone on the street might have a gun so in order to defend yourself the only way is to have a gun mm. so uh you have a gun and then that person of course is afraid that you might have a gun and so everyone winds up yeah. having a gun yeah. lots of people have guns in their house because they're worried 
that someone will rob their house at gunpoint. Yeah, it's terrible. They, it means that guns just multiply. Exactly. It, all it takes is for like a certain number of people to have guns for everyone else to feel that they should have guns. Yeah. But it seems to me that it goes a little deeper than that as well. And when you start talking about gun control, people feel it's like anti-American to, to ban the gun. Um, so maybe that is the Constitution. But that's, that's linked with the Constitution, because we have this, this association that, because the Constitution defines America, this mm. is kind of the, the idea, so, so that if you kind of get rid of one of the fundamental aspects of the American Constitution, it is un-American. Yeah. But it, in my opinion, it is also very much American and necessarily American to put these things in question. Yeah, uh, the American way of life, uh, in my opinion, the, the positive aspect is is to put constantly be putting yourself in question, which I think the American people and government don't do enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I hope that there is more gun control. Just as a final point, I think, uh, as you said about it being American, it seems that it's central somehow. It's connected to some core American values. Yeah, like one of those being freedom or liberty definitely and i think that um to an extent some people in the states value uh um the right or the uh yeah the right to have a gun as somehow connected to the ability to be free yeah and that the uh the having the right to bear arms is more valuable than the fact that some people will die from from shootings we're, we're very much afraid of the government in the united states you don't uh, like the idea of the government, of a government having control, yeah, control over you. Of, and telling somebody, an individual, what to do. So yeah. that this is a general. You know, I'm talking very general. As I said, yeah. the United States is a very big place with 300 million people. So it, you know, it's very hard to categorize a whole country. But I'm talking about the people who, as you said, um, hold on to their rights. And, and yes, it's it's the, they consider it a right. And if the government would say no, you can't carry a gun, they would take it as an infringement on their freedom. And because it was established a long time ago, and the United States was a, a it's a big country that that had pioneers coming in, and they needed to explore the land, and they needed their gun, and so they they needed to hold on to it. Uh, so it, it, it's changed a lot, as they said. So I think it may be, to be honest, I think it may be the British. I think it's our fault. Sorry. Um, I think it's our fault because um, obviously in America there was the war of independence and you had to fight against the kind of colonials, the Brits. You had a war against the British. So maybe adding into the Constitution that all Americans were allowed to have guns and that they should be allowed to have guns was a protection against against the British. Because we had guns and we were fighting against you. So you said, right, American people, you can have guns. In fact, you should because you need to protect yourselves against the British. So it's our fault. Yeah. But, but but it's become... Well, it's always the British fault. Let's get that clear. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the British fault. We're responsible for everything. <laughs> everything. Yeah, but, but now it's it's been replaced with, uh, you know... But it's the same idea. It's the same concept. Now it's replaced by criminals. You know, mm-hmm. the people, the criminals out there who are going to attack me, I need to defend. So, so it comes back to this idea of fear mm-hmm. that I need to defend myself and that no one will do it for me. Yeah. Uh, so there is this mistrust of the government, of the, the police won't do it. And that's also another thing. The citizens say, well, if the cops have guns, that's not fair. I should have a gun as well. And so the cops have guns because the criminals have guns. And so everyone winds up having a yeah. gun. Well, uh, Hiroshi, I hope that answers your question. 
Um, you know, I think it's clear that, uh, you know, not all, it's a very complex issue. We know that much. And uh, you can see how it's all related to national identity. And, and that actually is very important, you know, in, in how people define them, their lives. So it's very complicated. But um, yeah, um, why don't they ban guns with a sort of strong decision? Um, and he says that um, Americans took a very strong decision to, in, to, to go to war. So that's a very sort of um, decisive thing that America sometimes decides to go to war, for example, in, in Iraq or in Afghanistan. That leads us on to another question here. Sorry to put this to you, Sebastian, because mm-hmm. you, uh, today you're having to justify the- <laughs> everything that your country has, has done. done for the last 50 yeah. years. <laughs> so you're, as an American, you have to explain why America does these things. Um, well, I want to say one thing that, that uh, unfortunately, with all these uh, gun massacres recently in schools and all that, I feel and I'm, you know, hopefully that there's a tendency that the United States will wake up uh, and, and, and really start to put a restriction on guns when, when we see how... Uh, rampant, the, the guns are all over the place. It's very, it's very dangerous. Yeah, I mean, again, very complicated thing. We could yeah. talk about that. So sorry, for, that's, for that's ages. so war. But but the next one is like war, <laughs> isn't it? So we've done guns. Let's move on to war. Um, so what do you think about sort of American, the American military missions in Iraq and Afghanistan? That's a question from Yarick. Um, so he asks, yeah, what do you think about uh, U.S. military missions in Afghanistan? Afghanistan and Iraq. Hmm. Well, uh, I don't. I'm not very well informed uh, enough. I think to, to to talk about this. I mean, you know, I, I I'm you know very much against war in, in general. I, I'm not that um, for uh, Americans getting involved in such places. Especially, there's so much irony in this in the, in the fact that. The countries that the America is invading are the same countries that they supplied guns to 30 yeah. years ago. Well, and, um, Bill Hicks, who's a you know great stand-up comedian yeah, who unfortunately is, is not with us anymore, he made lots of very funny jokes about it. Like one of them was like when America when American sort of politicians uh, appear on the news and they say Iraq, you know, the Iraqi army. This is from the original oh, Gulf yeah. War, 1991. Part one, yeah. Um, the Iraqi army, they got terrible weapons. And, and how do you know that? Well, um, we checked the receipt. You know, yeah. so these are weapons that America actually originally sold to the Iraqi army. Yeah. And then they exactly. fight against the Iraqi yeah. army with even better weapons yeah. than them. So they know exactly what they've got yeah. because they, they sold them they to sold them. It, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, as, as, and then afterwards, as far as specific... Uh, interactions with Iraqi and, and Afghanistan. I, I, I don't know enough of uh, details. I, I think that it's very hard to know what's going on, yeah. really. Okay. Uh, I mistrust the American news. Yeah. And so uh, in what aspect am I against it? It's, it's, it's really hard uh, to know. But I mean, I, I have to say also that there's this uh, tendency that that I agree in some regards that... that um, there needs to be a d- democratic system that's put in place that uh, in some way I, I agree with. I don't necessarily agree with the methods that the American government is doing, but 
you know, there is, it's true that there should, I agree that there should be some democracy in these countries. Yeah, it's very complicated. Uh, you know, thanks for your questions about this. Um, we're not necessarily the, the, people, <laughs> the most informed, the, the people to, you know, to finally answer these very complicated ones. But still, it's interesting to see the opinion of an, of an American person. Uh, Yarek also asks you, do you know any foreign languages? I suppose uh, this is because we assume that Americans don't know foreign <laughs> languages, but you're slightly different because you've been in France for a while. Yeah, I am a, a weird case, even though I am a, a, a real American because I was born and raised there. Uh, my parents are from Argentina, so uh, I speak a bit of Spanish. Mm -hmm. So I grew up with Spanish in the household. And now, of course, I speak French because it's been a while that I'm here. And well, yeah, it is atypical. It's not necessarily, uh, not many Americans speak foreign languages, but more and more, I yeah. would say, especially because there's such a heavy immigration and a very, very big uh, Latino uh, population in, in now most major cities in the United States, more and more Spanish is being heard mm. on the street everywhere, mm -hmm. um, in, in especially major cities. And so more and more people are, you know, opening up to, to foreign languages. Yeah. Can I ask you quickly about um, um, Argentina? Yeah. So both your parents come from Argentina? Yes. Did they, um, did they, they move? Were, yeah, go on. They were born and raised there, both of them. Uh, my, they met there, they married there. My brother was born there, and then they moved to, to the United States, and I was born in the United States. Okay. Did that answer, yeah, yeah, answer it did, the, yeah. the, the future question? It, it, it did. Um, I see. Have you been to Argentina yourself? Yes, several times. I, yeah. yeah I, I, well, I know my parents are from Buenos Aires. And so I, I know Buenos Aires quite well. Mm -hmm. Don't know. I don't really know that much uh, else of the country. Unfortunately, I've been around a bit, but I haven't been. I've been to like Iguazu, which is the waterfalls in between uh, Argentina and Brazil. Gorgeous, really? gorgeous place. But I haven't been to many places. I still need to visit in Argentina. Yeah. It's a very big country. Yeah. So um, can you just tell us one thing that you, that you remember about uh, your time in, in Argentina? Um, uh, did you eat like a lot of steak? Eat lots of steak. Very good steak. Very good beef. Apparently it's the best beef steak you can get yeah, in the world. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very good. I don't know, best. I mean, France is very good beef. The States as well. I mean, it's, it's hard to, to, to say because it also depends a lot how it's prepared. But yeah, the quality of the beef is, is true. It's very good. Mm. And it, it's, it's very much a part of their diet everywhere every, it's like normal it's like a every day you can eat beef and it's yeah. they don't think twice about it yeah. and it's a very nice city Buenos Aires is a very actually it's a very nice city it's a very European influenced city yeah uh, lots of uh, French architecture that you can find like um, aspects that kind of remind you of Paris or mm. uh, but an older Paris but um, really nice people as well I mean yeah. I've, uh, the people I've met from Argentina have always been like really friendly and warm. interesting, very warm. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to go one day, maybe when uh, when I finally do my round the world adventure, <laughs> Luke's round the world adventure. I'll make it and, and do podcasts from each country. It would be brilliant. I'd love to do that. Um, okay, so let's see. Um, at sushi Yoshida, mm -hmm. who is from Japan, yep. um, would like to know what um, oh, he says. I want him. To talk about American regional accents. Okay. So, um, 
I talk about British regional accents quite a lot, and I yes. love accents. I'm really into it. Sometimes I talk about American accents, but I don't know which part of the country my ac- my American accent comes from. Okay. So if I kind of you know if I just sort of like start speaking with a generic American voice, yeah. I don't know where he comes from. I mean, okay. So yeah. first question: um, How many different regional accents are there in the USA? You can't number them like that. I mean, it's it gets very, very specific. Uh, you know, even in New York, there's several accents. So yeah. there's no, you know, there's an Italian American New York accent. Hey, how you doing? Hey, come on, what's the matter with you? Exactly. You want to get some cannoli? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Very good. So, which would be different from? Uh, a typical New York accent, which is kind of like the Woody Allen. Wood New York. They will kind of put an emphasis on the K, like New York. Yeah. Uh, water. And uh, some people say that I have a slight New York uh, Jew accent. I, I am Jewish. So that's one. And so I don't hear it, but sometimes people do yeah. say that, that there is... Like, it's kind of... You might hear it with the T, where you kind of we can kind of replace a T with a D, like the clear example with water. Water, water. Yeah. So that's interesting because whenever I do, the I always use water as an example, yeah. and I always say water. Yeah. Now you you're saying water, 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 okay. water, water. Because yeah. I I emphasize the er sound a bit too much. Can well, you you're saying it when you're doing an American accent? Yeah. Can you say? Uh, in but a, but that's, in, a, that's a that's a New York accent. That's that's also my accent. I'm meaning. Yours, I think, is more of a Middle America yeah. accent. Okay. So, can you say, "Can I have a? Can I get a glass of water, please?" Can I get a glass of water, please? Can I get a glass of water, please? So, I yeah. think mine is more, um, more exaggerated or something. Yeah, but not that much. It's it's mm-hmm. you're it's pretty straight on. I mean, it's uh, there are definitely Americans who speak like yeah. that. So, it's uh, does that have any particular regional? Uh, no, I can't. I mean, you'd have to speak more for me to try to place it. But so I guess um, I'm sitting here with uh, Sebastian Marx, and he's uh, he's a comic. He's very funny, and uh, we've just been drinking some. So now that's that. We just been drinking. It's kind of really middle American. Yeah, but no, I mean it's yeah. uh, it's it's hard to place. I would say a middle America, but but it could be someone from New York as well, yeah. or any you know any. So I think also I think it's starting to uh, blend more and more. I mean I think with mass communications, all Americans are watching the same television shows, uh, are being influenced by you know same uh, news broadcasters. Yeah. Which, you know, apparently, this is what I heard, I don't know if it's true, no matter in which country or language, apparently the newscasters are supposed to have the most neutral accent, yeah. which I think is not the case in the BBC, because as <laughs> they speak weird, as well, your sketch so so clearly says. But uh, but it, it seems like, they, at least an, an American newscaster kind of has to have a relatively neutral accent. Okay. Um... For me, I've yeah. Listeners to the podcast will know that I, part of my comedy routine involves speaking like a newsreader who, some, for some reason, speaks like this. Um, that's a bit exaggerated, yeah. but um, but it's true. It's yeah, it is. It is. I was watching the, the Margaret Thatcher's funeral today. Yeah, and they were doing it. They were like the the you know the coffin there being lifted by members of the SAS, the Royal Marines. 
and the Gurkha uh, rifle infantry. You know, it's just like, why are you yeah, speaking or, like yeah, that? Or, <laughs> come anyway, down. That's, that's a different, <laughs> different question, though, about the way newsreaders speak. But, um, okay, can um, I... Are there American regions you want? Yeah. Okay. The, there's a so- southern accent, which is... Right, kind of. Hey, you ain't from around here, are you? Yeah. We, we don't take too kindly to strangers around here. Yeah, so so it can be very, you know, what we call rednecky, kind of like the, the cliche that yeah. you did. But then it could also be very sweet. Uh, yeah. Can be, and, and I have to say that there's very something very seductive of a... a fr- uh, French, I was about to say. Uh, a, a southern girl. Yeah. A, when a southern a girl has a southern accent, it can be very charming that's, as well. That's sort of like, what does a girl got to do to get a nice cold drink around here? <laughs> you know, it's kind of got to draw. Yeah, that and it's kind of sound like this. And it's, it can be also very nice. Well, I got, you know, I got to get myself back home now. Well, it sure is getting late. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, I don't know <laughs> what that accent <laughs> is. No, that was great. That was like a scene from a 1950s movie with yeah. James Dean or something. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of people talk about Texan accent. Yeah. So what is that? Because um, I, I, I have this kind of cowboy voice that I like to play around with, which is like that sort of... Uh, John Wayne-y. I know, it's more of a kind of um, gritty sort of 1970s uh, uh, character from like uh, the outlaw Josie Wales. Uh-huh. It's like, um, well, I'm prouder than a game rooster to have rid with you. You know, all that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like... Um, I'm I'm hungry and tired as a Missouri heel hound, you know. Like, what is that? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> you don't I, know? I can't take responsibility for this. <laughs> no, I don't know what it is. I, I mean, I don't know. Um, sometimes for me, as a New Yorker, it's hard to tell the difference between a Southern accent and a Texan accent. Yeah. You know, well, they're both in the South, okay. but like, a, you know, I'm sure that there's a difference between someone from Georgia and someone from Texas. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't be able to necessarily. Yeah, perhaps if I heard, I'll be able. Oh, that's Texas. That's. A, but I wouldn't be able to reproduce it. Okay. But you're, you sounded like uh, yes. doing a pretty good job. I think I'm doing a character rather than an accent. But it's it's, it's definitely a, a character <laughs> of of the, the cliche of that accent. He's a gold prospector, basically. Okay. Well, that I could think. be more west. Yeah. Like, like that can be even more. You know, uh, Arizona, New Mexico, yeah. Colorado. Uh, okay. Kind of, or it's also a question of, of what century we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, another accent, which I, I I don't know if you want to continue with accent, but what, that's pretty clear is a Boston accent, being that someone who lived in Boston, uh, which is the the accent that uh, you can really hear with John F. Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, uh. People of, I can't do it. I, I, yeah. They don't pronounce the, the 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 main thing is the R. They don't pronounce the R. The, okay. the cliche, the the key phrase that we always say to make fun of the Boston accent is "Park the car in Harvard Yard." Park the car in Harvard Yard. Park the car in Harvard Yard. That's park the car in Harvard Yard. Park the car in Harvard Yard. A wicked pisser. Uh, right. So that's that's the cliche. That's the typical. Boston accent. So ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Yeah. And there's kind of like rhythm to it. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's very typical. There's Boston. Um, if you want to, listeners, if you want to um, hear what the Boston accent really sounds like, then you could probably watch The Departed or The Departed. 
yeah. Uh, which I haven't seen, but yeah, I heard it's it. It's great. It's a really good film. Yeah. But there, it's it's set in Boston. Yeah. All the characters are like gritty Boston, you know, yeah. locals, and so they all speak with a strong Boston accent. It's sort of Irish influence. Yeah, very, very heavily. Well, there was a huge, huge uh, Irish immigration to Boston. Yeah. Um, also, if you want to hear a typical Boston accent, which is kind of making fun, uh, which, which is a character yeah. uh, based on the Kennedys, is is uh, in the Simpsons, Mayor Quimby. Yeah. If you hear the American version of The Simpsons, Mayor Quimby has has a, a typical Boston accent. Okay, the, ma- ma- the, ma- the mayor, right? And of course, he's a corrupt mayor. You know, it's all the cliches of a politician. Yeah. And and he has the cliche uh, Boston accent because he's basically John F. Kennedy. Yes, yeah, pretty much. Or or, or um, Ted Kennedy, you right. know, the, who was a governor governor of Massachusetts. Yeah, he's quite. He has a huge Kennedy family. And yeah. Um, it's interesting the way you say the word mayor, because I say mayor, which is, eh, you know, mayor, that's it. And, yeah. and you say mayor. mayor. Yeah. Kind of, okay. Yeah. Mayor. All, you say it almost like the French do, mayor. Mayor, except yeah. without the yeah. at the end. Yeah. So I think the way that the British, or the way I say it, it sounds a bit ridiculous. I sound like a sheep. Mayor. Mayor. The mayor, 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 the mayor of London. What did you just become a sheep in the beginning of that sentence? The mayor of London. What? You know, moo. Is that a word as well? Moo. I don't think so. <laughs> Next question, um, Camila, Camila Andrade, and I know that she comes from Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another question about time. On the subject of time, we've been going for about an hour. Mm-hmm. What the hell? It's a podcast. People can... They can listen to how, however much they want. Yeah, they can pause and come back later. But can I have another brownie? Please have another brownie. You need the energy because it's a long yeah, podcast. Not, I'm, I'm going to pass out. Uh, Camilla from Brazil, who is a, a previous winner of uh, my competition. I launched a competition um, over a year ago. Uh-huh. She won the competition. What did she have to do? She had to record um, a, a couple of minutes of uh, dialogue, a couple of minutes of talking mm-hmm. um, in response to one of the episodes of Luke's English Podcast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she, she won. People voted for her and she, she won the prize, which was a dictionary. Oh, wow. What was, yeah. the, what was the subject of conversation? Um, oh, goodness me. It's a long time ago now. And I heard so many yeah. that uh, I can't remember what, what uh, they were all about. All I remember is that she, you know, she just was very impressive and charming and... Uh, and so, well done, Camilla, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, she said to me, would, uh, would you rather go back in time and meet your ancestors mm-hmm. or go way into the future and meet your great-grandchildren? Ooh. What would you rather do? Who would you, who would you rather meet, your ancestors from the past or your grandchildren from the future? Very interesting question. Time travel related. Yeah, know. yeah, there's a theme here. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think um, they're both interesting. Yeah. I would say the future. Yeah. I'm very skeptical about the future. I'm very skeptical and very worried about the future. So. Um, think it's all going to be zombies and. Yeah. Oh. Or yeah, zombies at best. At best, really? going to be zombies. If if the world still even exists, if this planet still exists. Yeah. So yeah, in the future, I think I think it would be very interesting to see if. Anything I do has any influence on anything in the future. But I'm also very curious. I would also be very curious to know where I'm coming from. What? uh, Because, you know, I I was pretty close to all my grandparents, and it's fascinating. And and to really see the lineage and what, how much I inherit. So it's hard. It's a really hard question, but I think I would have to say the future. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? 
That's a, that's a very good question too. See, if I went back into the past, yeah. I'd be worried that if I did something, that it would affect the future. For yeah. example, if I sort of, you know, like, you know the movie Back to the Future? I know it very well. If I went to the past and I met my ancestors, mm-hmm. if I sort of said something wrong or, you know, if I, uh, you know, dropped a, dropped a, a glass in the kitchen or if I sort of... Uh, caused something to happen which somehow divided the family yeah. you know if I like you know said tried to make a joke and, and no one understood it and they all got offended yeah. and then there was a big argument and then my parents for just some reason split up. never met each other yeah. and then I would just disappear I wouldn't exist anymore yeah. so I'd be worried about uh, sort of just breaking the space time continuum yeah you know but I think even if you just said hi I'm your great great grandchild I think that that would already kind of influence that, think, that would kind of screw up everything I think it would wouldn't it so yeah. there, there are two, I think there's a number of theories about what can happen if you go into the past yeah one is that you affect the future yeah. which then affects who you are in that in that situation so um if, for example, I, I um, made a mistake or said a bad joke and my parents never got together, mm-hmm. then I would just disappear. Yeah. Um, but the other option, the other uh, theory is that another version, uh, another plane of existence would be created. Yeah. And so, you know, it would be all right. You know? Yeah, because it's just another plane. Really. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so I don't think I would go into the past because I'm scared of what yeah. I would do. So I would like to go to the future. Yeah, um, but just, that, would, that would screw things up as well. Would it? Wouldn't it? Would it? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine now, if, if, if our great-grandparents decided to come visit us and to see how we were doing. That would... That would well, and, 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 for example, if they came back and they looked really ill and really poor yeah and they was like look you know it's really hard in the future you know we haven't got any food we haven't got any money yeah uh you know we're homeless what are you doing then i'd feel really guilty and i just yeah or you would be like how how did you travel in time it would open <laughs> up your mind to a whole nother realm yeah but i would just say i would accept that in the future at some point we will be able to travel in time and obviously we can't do it now but they could so, I don't know. But if in the future we can travel on time, we would know that now, wouldn't we? Yeah, we would. I think if we got the ability to travel through time, then all of time would just become meaningless. And, you know, the space-time continuum would, would break down. It would just become chaos. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, I'm not a physicist. I'm not Me a neither. quantum physicist. I think we need to ask people like, what's his name, Mikio Kaku? I think he's a Japanese-American physicist. He's the sort of guy who can answer these questions. Or Doc Brown, Dr. Emmett yeah, Brown. Yeah, of course. He would probably... Which would be the most obvious. Yeah. But if you did, he would probably just go, Marty! <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, get to the DeLorean! Or something like that. Uh, uh, that's what I think. Um, so, yeah, I'd go to the future just so I could get, like, the next iPhone. Yeah. And bring it back. iPhone 25. Yeah, and yeah. I'd show people, oh, look at this, I've got the iPhone 25. But um, I don't know how it will be, what, what the iPhone 25 will be like. I, think, I it, think it won't be a phone. No? I think it will just be like a, a thing that you attach, like a helmet or like, I don't know, an earpiece. Or... I don't think it will be as big as a helmet. I think it no. could just be... Yeah, it probably... Like, it will like... probably just be like a little tablet that you swallow. Yeah, and you just swallow it once, and then you and just... A, a beam comes out of your nose, and you can touch the screen, which like is a projection coming yeah. out of your nose. Exactly. You can send laser beams out yeah. of your face, which nope. uh, allow you to like visit websites. Yeah. <laughs> and like have your agenda in front of you. Yeah, you yeah. can just like things. Yeah, you can like, like things. You'd just be able to like things more, more <laughs> conveniently. 
Um, okay, so I hope again, hope that answers your question, Camilla. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Wasim, and uh, Wasim, I know is um, he's a, a clairvoyant. Mm-hmm. Right? He lives in um, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. He's originally from Iran. Interesting guy. Mm-hmm. And Wasim is interested in your spiritual beliefs. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have any? Do you have a spiritual uh, belief? Uh, do you believe in life after death? What's your spirituality, Sebastian? I do do not adhere to any religion. Mm-hmm. That's true, but I do consider myself a spiritual person. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not sure what exactly I believe in. I think I'm discovering that more and more every day. I do believe that there is uh, a sort of intelligence, but I don't necessarily think that intelligence is not us, in the mm. sense that I think we are... Uh, utilizing a very small percentage of our capacity and I do think that we are deities in our own way we're like gods we, we are and I think we, we don't realize it as, as if we're kind of uh, spiritual uh, we have a creative power that we're not aware of and that we, that we don't utilize or that we're afraid of mm-hmm. um, so I, I believe in human potential I don't know if that is spiritual or not I believe it is spiritual and I do believe that we are linked as uh, living beings on this earth yeah uh well facebook you know facebook that, is that's what the clearest example of my spiritual <laughs> yeah, i'm joking i'm joking of course i'm being i'm being facetious <laughs> as usual um yeah uh, i i agree i think that we do have a, a hell of a lot of untapped potential and we're probably learning more and more as time goes on um i don't know if if i would from speaking for myself i don't know if i would call it spirituality you see like uh, I think that our subconscious or the way that our minds work is kind of a mystery to us. It's a very big mystery. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe in dreams, if I can say so. I mean, it says, uh, there's nothing to believe in. It's just they're there. What, I mean, we have no idea what it is. Yeah. We, have, we have so little information about it. That's what I'm trying to say, that, that we, we are barely scratching the surface on, on what we are. And I think the the miracle is is look at us. I mean, this is a, we're an incredibly complex being. Yeah. We're inventing complicated computers just to mimic. But also, there are some things which people um, um, there are things which people let's see understand, or um, yeah, people understand as spiritual phenomena, mm-hmm. let's say, or um, uh, supernatural things, which may be explained by other things. You know, like uh, uh, like the fact that maybe. Sometimes certain uh, uh, close friends or brothers or sisters, when they're separate from each other, they feel a connection Mm -hmm. and one of them decides to call the other one on the telephone. And at that moment, the other one picks up his telephone um, and then the the call arrives. The synchronicity kind of. Synchronicity. Mm -hmm. And they they then conclude that they have some spiritual link. But um, it could just be explained by something else that we don't really have the language or the... We can't really explain that right yeah. now, but it might not be that it's sort of some supernatural force, like some kind of extra uh, sensory force. It could just be that, uh, you know, that at, since they are apart, naturally they're going to think about each other. And sometimes when, when they both think about each other at the same time, one of them calls the other one. Yeah. So it's not that unbelievable. Yeah, you, it's you, quite you, reasonable, yeah. actually, that that would happen. I think, I think that's... It's always, it always seems like it's the fine line between uh, miracle and something very banal, you know, it, it, these kinds of phenomena. And I think that, that it's, it's a, you know, I think it, it depends on a lot on how you want to take it. Yeah. 
you can see life as a as a series of miracles and 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 strange phenomenon, and you wouldn't be wrong. And you, and you can see them as just a sequence of events, and you wouldn't be wrong either. I think lots um, has to do a lot has to do with your perspective, and I yeah. think that we cre- that's what I'm saying that we create our worlds. I think that uh, you can see the the magic moment the magic in the moments or not yeah it and depends on how you um uh understand uh things that happen you either for example you you might see that uh, the birth of a child and you'll say oh my god it's a miracle and then another another person would see the birth of a child and say well it's not really a miracle it's science, it's science. you know that's what yeah. the body does and we know how it does it um yes but but, but isn't that a miracle like it, it, i mean science sometimes is just an explanation of the miracle yeah, they don't really explain why these things happen. They, they explain how a child is born, but they they can't explain really how the the, the driving force behind it either. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. It can go on for hours. We could keep about talking about this. <laughs> um, life after death. Well, we don't really know, do we? Oh no, we don't. Uh, do I believe? I've, I, I actually, I have no idea. I'm, of course, I don't have any idea. Yeah. Do I think? Uh, do I feel? I think there's something, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Much more. Okay. All right. Uh, so, Wasim, I hope you hope you like that rather yeah, vague very, answer. Yeah, very, very, very vague. <laughs> uh, okay. Next question is from. Uh, now I don't know how to pronounce your name. Hi Tuan. Hi Tuan. I think. Uh, but Hi Tuan says, as an American, which accent do you think is the most easy to understand? And this is a difficult within, question. Within the United States? No, or the, the, the question continues. Uh, British, Australian, okay. South American or Asian English? Do you find that there's one accent that's easier to understand than well, others? Well, it's, it's hard to say because I'm not objective. Uh, an American accent is easiest for me to understand because I'm American. Out of those that were listed... Um, Surely it's just the accents that you're most familiar yeah, with. Yeah, I mean, I think, but I would say between an Australian and a British, but also like British, there are several, you yeah. know, like a Cockney accent I wouldn't understand. If you meet someone, it, British, if you meet someone from uh, Scotland, Glasgow, uh, like, yeah, a, forget working, it. Uh, like forget a working class guy from Glasgow it might be very difficult to understand because they're using a dialect. I, I would need subtitles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scottish films, I often need subtitles. Train spotting, for Yeah, example. for example. Um, yeah. I, I personally, if I can answer this question, yeah. I would say it really depends on the kind of accent that you're most familiar yeah, with. Of so if you've never ever heard an accent from Edinburgh, then it might seem very strange and difficult to understand. But if you grew up in Edinburgh and that's the accent that you listened to since you were a baby, then that's going to be the easiest one. So for learners of English, maybe they... I, I would say there is no one accent which is easier or less easy to understand. It all depends on how... Uh, how familiar you are with those accents. So for learners of English, what you need to do is you need to try and expose yourself to as many different accents in English as possible so that they are less foreign to you, I would say. So um, let's move on. Stefano um, says, Hi, Luke. Um, He would like like to find out from you about uh, the bomb blast which happened in Boston uh, on Monday. Mm -hmm. So... um, in fact, there's another question about that from Kazan Anna, who is from Russia. And she said, first, I would like him to accept my deep condolence in connection with the 
terrorist action in Boston, mm-hmm. if it is a terrorist action. Yeah, well, do we know anything more? Because I, 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 I saw it when it, you know, I was watching the news that night, but I haven't... Well, I don't think we uh, do know any more, except that some, um, I think some politicians in America have described it as a terrorist action. Okay. CNN described it as a terror attack. Okay. We don't really know who And how many it. dead, finally? I think, still... it's, I think it's three. Okay. Um, but uh, we don't really know more about who did it. But what do you think about this, Sebastian? Uh, what do I think about... I don't think we know uh, uh, enough, I guess. Well, I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know. Um, I think uh, if it was uh, an act uh, of, of terrorism, quote-unquote, I... I don't understand. I don't think it was very effective, honestly. I mean, didn't do in, a good job. I mean, in the sense that it, it's, uh, I think if you wanted to kill the maximum amount of people, that they didn't really do their job. I don't know. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Um, so, well, I mean, you know, I'm a spent five years in Boston. I love the city, and I think it's, of course, like any, you know, if it was an intentional act, I think it's, you know, of course, a terrible. Mm. Act. I don't, you know, don't understand the the meaning or why someone would do that. Yeah. Uh, and besides that, I, I don't, I don't know uh, what else to say about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sorry it, it happened, and I, yeah, definitely condolences to, to the people yeah. who were injured or, or lost their lives. And very sad. Yeah. Um, we, you know. We can't really say much more about it because we we don't know exactly who was responsible or yeah. how it how it came about. But all we can say is that it's a very tragic, of course, and, and a very unfortunate event. It's, it's uh, yeah, absolutely. Just like any any other attack in any situation on civilians. Yeah, exactly. It's all it's all very tragic. I mean, we'll 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 find out more as as we know uh, from the news. Um, let's see. Though, I'm, I, I've got. More questions, Sebastian, is that all right? Uh, yes, I have to go in about uh, 10 minutes. But Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Kunate uh, Tiriaki, I think that's how I say his name, mm-hmm. he said he's asked about differences between Europe and the US, and I think we've talked a little bit about that. Um, Christina uh, Ric- Ricciardo would like to know about American junk food and obesity yes. problems. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Um, What's, what do you think about that? Uh, America, people say that Americans are really fat because yes. they eat hamburgers all the time. Yes, it's not. It's not only the hamburgers. It's everything. It's well, okay. Let's put it this way. First of all, the United States once again is a very big place. Uh, you got people really ha- who have very different uh, eating habits. Whether you know you find someone in a in a big city, if it's which big city, which states, and with even within one city, you have people who eat you know very differently. Mm-hmm. Once again, especially in in major cities in the United States, you can really get anything you want. Uh, so you have the choice to eat healthy or not. Mm. We are constantly bombarded by food in the sense uh, advertisement for food or the uh, capacity to get it in the United States. Very convenient. Very convenient. And uh, and so there is a big tendency to, to overeat. So it's a mix of things. The American diet is not necessarily that healthy um, because, uh, first of all, there's lots of – first of all, the quantities are very big. If you go to a restaurant, usually 
the the platters are more than what is healthy to mm. eat. Mm. That's why they, there's a whole culture of doggy bags, which is the little package that they that you can ask for to bring home half of your meal. Yeah, uh, which is regularly practiced over there because the portions are so big. So I think it's also a question of quantity. I think it's also uh, the quality of lots of the food is is very processed. Yeah, lots of heavily processed foods. So is it is it um, you know uh, a welcome change to be in France? And yes, does it oh, feel like food wise, was... food wise. I mean, there are few countries I think where you eat as good as you do in France. Yeah. I mean, as far as uh, freshness of, of food and, and variety, it's a it's yeah. a very uh, pretty varied cuisine. Except for Britain, I mean, obviously English food is. I think no one can argue that English food is is. Uh, um, not the best. What I'm saying is, of course, British food is number one, then French food, yeah. then you know yeah. other countries. But we all know. I mean, everyone denies it, but we all know that English food is it's, it's clearly the, one, yeah. the, the best food in the world. Yeah. I think no one can argue against that. There, there was an interview with John Cleese from Monty Python, and was, he had a great comeback. John Cleese. John Cleese, you know. Um, yeah. And it was on the Daily Show, but like it was like ten years ago. Yeah. And they and and the guy asked, "Why does British food suck?" Mm-hmm. And he responded, "Well, because we had an empire to run. Yeah, we were too busy, busy taking over, taking the, over world. the world to, to yeah. focus on on cuisine. And then we just took everyone else's food. Yeah. Well, one one th- one thing to say about American food is that American food is also um, very varied as well in the sense that what what is becoming more and more the definition of American food is international. Yeah. If you go to a city like New York, what a, new, a typical New Yorker will eat uh, Thai for lunch and then Mexican for dinner and, yeah. you know, and, and really go all over the world uh, within a week, yeah. culinarily speaking. So, uh, of course, there are American typical dishes, but... Yeah. Uh, it's not simple. It's not simple, ladies and gentlemen. No, complicated. You can't just say American food anymore. No. It's complicated. It's complicated. I think that's complex. maybe... complex. Is I'm, I'm going to call this episode A Cup of Tea with Sebastian Marx, but it could easily be called It's, it's Complicated. It's complicated. <laughs> um, right, I'm sorry. I'm going to just ask you a couple of other questions. Mm-hmm. Um, Hanai Georgette Burton yep. asks, once again, are you sure you're the man on the flyer? <laughs> now, does this make sense to you? Yes, yes. Uh, is this, per- this person has seen my show. Or... I think this person has seen your show. Yes, I, I, I am the person on the flyer. I usually wear glasses, and on, on my flyer, I do not have glasses. Mm-hmm. And on, on the flyer, uh, it was the person took the photo of me when I was in the middle of, of laughing. Uh, it was a pretty good, hearty laugh. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's a hearty laugh. Yeah, and 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 I was really cracking up, and so you might not see that face uh, often in real life because so I, people ask you, "Are you? Is that you on the flyer?" Yes, often. Uh, okay, so yeah. Hanai, um, there you go. Hope that uh, <laughs> yes, answers so, your question. Uh, she's nice, Hannah. She, I met her. She came to uh, the French Fried Comedy Night. Ah, okay. Uh, she was sort of shy. It was very sweet. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think she introduced herself to me, did she? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. She introduced herself to me, Sebastian, because uh, I'm Luke from Luke's English Podcast. I see. So she's, <laughs> so she's shy, but up to a certain point. Uh, exactly. Yeah. She's, you know, she managed to overcome her shyness to ask uh, Luke's famous <laughs> podcast <laughs> exactly. host of, of Luke's famous podcast the yeah. question um, Hiroshi I've just got mm-hmm. okay, I've got two more things yeah. if if, um, if everyone 
has got the time, including the listeners. Um, I might divide this podcast into two episodes. You do whatever you want. We will see. Um, Hiroshi Maruyama comes back with a second question, mm-hmm. and he says, uh, ask him his favourite sport. I like disc golf, rollerblading, and salsa dancing. I don't think dancing is a sport, but that's no. fine. Does he do any of them? Is disc golf popular among US people? I think it's an excellent sport. I know what you're thinking, Sebastian. You're thinking, what is disc golf? Yes. <laughs> I don't know what disc golf is either. <laughs> disc gonna... golf. Disc mm. golf. Can you imagine? What... Have you ever heard no. of disc golf? No, I imagine golfing like with plates. But uh... Well, it's, it's here on the internet. It's on Wikipedia. Yeah. Wikipedia says... Are there some images? Yeah, there you go. It looks like it's an American sport. Uh-huh. It must be an American sport. It says, oh, okay. It's kind of like throwing a frisbee into a basket. It's like basketball, but with a frisbee. But but it seems more like golf in the sense that it's not like it's not like basketball in the sense that their team seems like there's there are holes if you you know baskets that you have to okay. throw the frisbee in to I guess it's like playing golf yeah but with a frisbee yeah and you throw the frisbee into a basket instead of instead of putting a ball in a hole. You put the frisbee in a basket, I guess. And you, you, I expect you can't walk with the frisbee. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. that will kind of defeat okay. the purpose. Uh, sounds good. I'd yeah, love, yeah, I'd, I'd like to play it. I love frisbee. I have never seen a disc golf course, but... Yeah. So disc golf, uh, I do enjoy dancing salsa. If yeah. It's not a sport. I don't think we can consider dancing a sport, unless it's, I guess, for competition. So mm-hmm. you can do that. Um, but yeah, I do enjoy dancing. I, uh, I took classes, salsa classes and lots of fun mm. really lots of fun okay uh don't play any much sports right now i played baseball when i was young yeah baseball american football little soccer league. little league and all um and uh it wasn't too short for basketball okay no. good good uh, final point yep. Sebastian. this is the last question from flavio mm-hmm. who, who says i would like to hear him try to pronounce a few words in british english Oh dear. And he's listed some words, all right? Yes. So the first word is, is, is um, water. So how would you say it normally? Water. Well, like, how I... It's, yeah. it's hard, because now if I, if I got the pressure and I know I'm, I'm supposed to be... Well, let, let, let's water. do it like this. Water. I will say... Uh, you say it in, the, in the, your normal accent water. and then say it like a British person. Water. Yeah. Water. All right. Water. Water. Pretty good. Water. Pretty good, yeah. Can I... Uh, Can I have a glass of water? Yeah. All right. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, the t sound. All right. Let's have another one. Um, the next word is territory. Territory. Ter- or, or, or actually, I would say territory. Mm. Territory. Yeah. Territory. 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 Uh, no, what am I missing? What are you doing there? Territory. So not territory, not a question, but yeah. territory. Territory. Yeah, okay. Territory. So this is British territory. This is British territory. Right. Not bad. Not bad, Sebastian. Thought. Thought. Yeah. Thought. Thought. There I just think of, like, Darth Vader. Thought. Really? The thought. That's the force, force, isn't it? The force. Thought. Now, Darth Vader would be like... I was thinking about your birthday. Now, what is, what's that <laughs> and joke? I had a thought. Yeah, and, and I had a thought. <laughs> a thought. I know what birth. you're getting for your birthday, Sebastian. <laughs> I felt your presence. Um, okay, so thought. Ad, ad, advertisement. Advertisement. All right. Uh, now, ad- in, advertisement. In America, you'd say what? Advertisement. Advertisement. Or, but, or um, commercial. <laughs> ad- advertisement. Advertisement. 
All right. Okay. Ad- advertisement. Adverti. The Adver- advertisement. Is, yeah. Advertisement. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, look at that advertisement. Look at. <laughs> look at that advertisement. Look at that advertisement. <laughs> Okay, I can't do it without going into a cliche. Or it's fine. And uh, finally, I can't eat eggs. I, ca- I, can't, I can't eat eggs. I can't eat eggs. I yeah. can't eat eggs. I can't. I can't. Yeah, that's good. I can't. I just can't. I just can't eat eggs. I hate eggs. I hate eggs. Very good. And in the American accent? I hate eggs. Yeah. Do you really? I hate... No, I love them. <laughs> Me too. I love <laughs> eggs as well. Um, well, Sebastian, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you with Pleasure's me. Pleasure's all mine. Delicious. I ate two brownies. It's fine. It's great. It's... I'm eating like an American now. Go ahead. Do you, do you want another I, one? I, I spent nine years trying to break the habits. And, and, now, and now here at Luke's English Podcast, I, I fall back in. I like to treat my guests well by providing them with uh, snacks and beverages. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that you enjoyed the brownies. You Thank can have you. another one if you like. Oh, no. I, I've already had two and... I, I have a, a line. I have to so now dance 45 minutes of salsa. Yeah. In order to make up for... Just to burn off the calories. For, yeah. Minimum. Okay. Well, thank you, Sebastian. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're interested in finding out about Sebastian's shows, which if you're in the area you should be interested in, you can check out his website, which will be printed on my website, um, sebastianmarks.com. Sebmarks.com. Sebmarks.com. S-E-B-M-A-R-X. Dot com. Dot com. Right. Um, yes. uh, I hope to have you back uh, at some point, oh, Sebastian. With pleasure. Great. Uh, Sebastian also has a, a podcast in French. Yes. If you're interested. It's uh, called Donc Voilà Quoi. Donc Voilà Quoi, which yeah. is like saying, so there you go. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much means nothing. Really? Yeah. It's like, so there you so go. So there you go. Donc Voilà Quoi. Yeah. Okay. How's my French? Wonderful. Is it really? Yeah. Non, ce n'est pas vrai. No, no, you got you. Well, because I think you're very uh, accent conscious. Yeah. I think within a year you'll have a better French accent than I do. Oui. Yeah. Because I, I don't pay any attention to it, and so that's why. Oui, c'est très uh, important pour, pour moi. Yeah. Uh, this is not Luke's French podcast. I just wanted to. <laughs> not yet, not yet. Not yet. Maybe there will be another one, but I, I, I think. Uh, I'm going to stick to the English one for the moment. Um, thanks very much for listening to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. What I normally do at the end is mm-hmm. I kind of go bye, 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 like a sort of uh, echo kind yeah, of thing. Okay. Do you want to join me with a bye, bye, yeah. bye, bye? Thank you very much again for listening to the podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Bye bye, 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 bye. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, you can visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. 
Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.